Coming up on this edition of the Golf Digest Fantasy Fix podcast, we will break down the first event of the 2017-2018 PGA Tour season, the Safeway Open. Welcome back to the Golf Digest Fantasy Fix podcast. I'm Alex Myers, and as always, I'm joined by Joel Beal. And, uh, you know, it's kind of crazy that we're back here already, Joel, in, in the studio talking about uh, another— I mean, what an off-season. How'd what, you spend it? I, man, I, we, I think we both spent it the same way at uh, the President's Cup. I, 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 it really feels like there is absolutely zero off-season anymore. Um, you know, I the wraparound season— I have my ups and downs on it, but I'm sorry. This is ridiculous that we're back already. As I mentioned to you as we were walking down, I'm okay with the wraparound season in the sense of starting sometime in 2017, but there needs to be at least right. three weeks or four weeks yeah. off. Give these guys a little bit. I mean, Phil is literally going Lit- from Liberty National yep. right to Napa. Yep. It's, just- it's dumb. I'm sorry. It's dumb. You need to have a break. You need to have you know, guys get re-energized, fans get re-energized. I agree with you. It could be a few weeks. Um, because you do get that few week break in December, mm-hmm. but I mean, come on, this is silly. You, Everybody yeah. makes fun of it. it. It's stupid. If you're moving up the FedEx to not compete with the NFL, you at that same token then have to kind of push it yes. back a little bit. To, yeah. You know, again, I think we mentioned put it in late November, early December. That way, at least you're not competing with college football. It gives you a little bit of a break there. Yeah. Um, it's just weird I, that this is technically opening day for the season and right. 19 of the top 20 guys aren't well playing. right exactly i mean first of all uh, you know yeah like a lot of these guys haven't played in a while but that's because they're not the best players the mm-hmm. best players you know made it all the way through to the tour championship which by the way was two weeks, <laughs> two ago. weeks ago um yeah. and now you're getting a reset but yeah most of those guys aren't playing in this most of the big names aren't playing in this obviously in europe they've got other things going on as well leading up to their you know, uh, yeah, race, race to Dubai. Dubai. So it, it's not, you know, you're not going to get great fields anyway, but just from a fan perspective, I mean, you need to have some kind of rest. I know, I know we all miss sports when they're in the off season, but we miss them because they go away. I mean, you know, it, when football comes back, we're all excited. You and I are pumped about the NBA coming back. It, you know, it stinks when they're, when you don't have it for a while, but you got to take a break. It's just, this is just too much. Especially when you look at <clears throat> one of the reasons the NFL and to this new, new generation, especially under 35, the NBA, they're a year round league without necessarily competing year round. Like you can mm-hmm. find other ways to make news. You can still find items to generate headlines without actually competition going on. You can do that through ancillary events like the President's Cup, um, or, you know, with. Uh, different other transactions or things of that nature, but I mean, you can't go right back at it. And yeah. no offense to the people in Napa, but at a resort course too, where there's just not a lot going for it. It's, 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 it's admittedly tough to get up for. Definitely. Um, but we, we, we'll press on of course, but first, before we get into that, I, I do want to talk a little bit about the president's cup just because, um, you know, let's be honest. It was, it wasn't a great event in terms of competition. The U S was, was fantastic the internationals were not fantastic whatever combination of the two you want to say but it was a bigger event than again the opening tournament of the pga tour season so i feel like we should we should talk about the unofficial closing event of the pga tour season then uh, joel what did you think obviously we were both at liberty national um what did you think about 
the competition, the atmosphere, the venue, uh, your, your thoughts. I will say the one thing that's a little disconcerting is, and I guess it's not totally surprising, but just the amount of something needs to change. Like the President's Cup is currently garbage. I know, it's wrong. It's, says that. Yeah. And listen, the, the internationals were one point away from winning and or tying in 2015. It was a close oh, competition. Yeah. Years before that, even though it was a two or three point margin, they were highly competitive. This was really the first blowout we've seen in quite some time. And this really it has nothing really to do. It's not an indictment on the international team. It didn't help that Hideki Matsuyama is in this big Oof. slump. I mean, he he struggled in the FedEx Cup. I think people don't really realize that yep. because, let's be honest, some people check out the PJ. Really starting that Sunday at Quail Hollow, he's been really bad. Like, I hate to say like his mm-hmm. putting's been awful. Mm-hmm. That carried over at Liberty National. Jason Day, for whatever reason, really struggles in these team events. Yep. Even guys like Brendan Grace and Louis Ustase, and they didn't play bad, but they were nowhere as good as they were in Korea. That being said, U.S. is just a juggernaut. They beat the Europeans by six points last year, and they had a better team this year with yep. Justin Thomas. Much and, better. Um, you know, they're a little bit deeper than, you know, no offense to the guys like Zach Johnson and Jimmy Walker, but you really didn't have any right. guys who stuck out like sore thumbs. And they're going to be probably better next year for 2018. So if they beat a really deep European team by that much, I think it's stood a reason the internationals are in trouble. So uh, everyone says we need to ditch it. Just give it a little bit more time. Um, for the longest time, the Ryder Cup really wasn't competitive. So I know it's tough to watch, but – I do think if in 2019, if it's a big blood again, if we have this issue, then we can reevaluate. Mm-hmm. But he's got to give it a little bit more time. Yeah, it goes back to actually we were just talking about uh, the NBA and how it looks like they're making changes to the All Star game, and you know, kind of because of the everybody knows that the Western Conference is so much better than the Eastern Conference. So it's kind of the same thing with the, the President's Cup, but it has it's not always like that. And like you said, time, it, you know, this this is cyclical. It, it can come around. Um, the problem, though, with the President's Cup is just do you accept the premise of U.S. versus the internationals? And that, that's an OK premise. But the, the premise of an international team minus Europe is going to actually really get enthused or have a fan base that's really enthused to take on one country. It just seems so odd to me. I mean, there's a reason they go back to Australia as much as they do. That's yeah, probably they, the they love it there. Yeah, right. That's that's one thing. But you're right. It's There really is a schism in there in the sense of guys are speaking different language. I mean, yeah. You saw it during the matches. There are some guys, you know, granted, I, I know if you guys mentioned, well, you know, how much a birdie in a, in a rock, translate in any any language great but you know yeah. let's be honest it really it's chemistry is a factor in that um not only that it's also hard that they, this is one week every two years where the u.s these guys hang out all right. the time together and they all and they have a event every year together so yeah it, it is there's no easy answer for that but i still think the event has merit on its own accord and again it, it's shown in the past it can be a formidable event. It's just this year happened to be a blowout, and blowouts happen in sports. You know, it's it's part of the deal. So, yeah, not great, but I don't think 2017 is necessarily an indicator of this thing needs to be totally overhauled. Yeah, my no, my that's what I'm trying to say. My my problem would be more with how the teams are set up versus the actual competition, because usually, you know, again, it, it's another week, kind of like the FedEx Cup, where it's been created where if it weren't for that, you wouldn't be watching golf that week. But yet we are watching golf because, you know, they're big names playing it. And it's usually pretty competitive. And it's usually, um, 
good golf. And and this week wasn't th- that different. I mean, again, people still watched. I mean, the they, readings weren't that right, bad. Right, maybe not on Sunday as much, obviously, because who could have ever foreseen that big of a blowout. But, you know, you want to see the guys play match play. They don't do it that often. You want to see them playing w- in teams. You don't see say, that Team golf often. is never a bad thing. Right, so it's fun stuff, and you want to see the big names and, and everything else. So, no, I, I like that they created this other event. So you do have a, an event like this every year. Uh, including, you know, the Ryder Cup and then this uh, switching off and on. But again, it's just, I don't know, U.S. versus Europe seems a lot more natural than U.S. versus the world minus Europe. It do, just, you, do you that's think... That's what's weird to me. Would it water it down a little bit if we just had the Ryder Cup every year? Yeah, probably. I'm, I'm with you on that. Probably. Especially, I think it is special given that the tournament only comes to your country once every four years and even more yeah. than that you know think about it, you know spain hosts it once every you know decade or two decades really but, but, about it. but you know what i'm saying like if it I, I know what you're saying i do i kind of would rather have it be that though than this if, if i could choose mm-hmm. Ryder cup every year or alternating Ryder cup president's cup i'd kind of rather have the Ryder cup every year i, I do think it would water it down a little but it still would be an event that the all these guys would get up for every year. Whereas, like again, the internationals, it's it's. I don't blame them for not having the motivation. It 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 just seems a little contrived for for them to really get into get and into it was this. Brought up is it's that the PGA Tour controls it. The PGA right. Tour chooses their captain. That does seem a little weird. That right. The American side picks the how the internationals is really put mm. together. Yeah. There, I think maybe if you see some changes to that, but you, yeah. you're right. It's. It's just always going to compare in comparison, unfortunately, at least yeah. for the foreseeable future yeah. to the Ryder Cup. Now, the one the one thing I will say though is, it is, it would be a shame though if you didn't get to see some of these guys who aren't from Europe or the U.S. not playing in an event like this. And I know that's kind of why they created it because when they did create this, the international team was pretty loaded, and including it won early on in 1998. I mean, some of those teams were awesome with VJ and Ernie Els. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were. They were all and Goosen, and then Scott came along. It just so happens, obviously, lately that they're not as good. And again, like we both said, the U.S. team happens to be on the rise. But and I will, I think another component though too is it does seem a lot of these international guys are strictly on the PGA Tour, where a lot of the Ryder Cup guys, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot more cross pollination now than let's say 25 years ago. Right. But I mean, there's a lot of guys, you know, someone like Andy Sullivan, Chris Wood, who mainly just play on the Matthew Fitzpatrick, mm-hmm. they mostly just stay over there. So that is kind of the the different aspect the Ryder Cup has, whereas you know you look up and down the international roster, but they all play the PGA Tour. Right. No one's really crossy. So yeah. Anyway, man, we're, we're off to a great start. We're, off to a great, we're just knocking on everything. Uh, you want to you want to take a jab at Liberty National too while you're at it? Or you no, know, I'm one of the few. I actually will defend it. Because oh, me too. Me too. The, the architecture. I don't want to say snobs, but you know yeah. the, the guys who are really fervent about the subject. And you, you you mentioned contrived earlier. Yeah. That has that definitely aspect to it, but for what it is, it's eye candy. It's pretty nice eye candy, and it's in great condition. Uh, it's actually really good for match play because there is a lot of risk reward. If it hosted a, just a regular, you know, when the Barclays comes, I think actually that's a different matter. I don't mm-hmm. like it when it hosts a regular PGA Tour event. For but for what the Presidents Cup is, I think Liberty National is a very suitable host. Yeah, no, I agree. It it really was eye candy. Obviously, the skyline and everything else, but the course itself it, it was beautiful. Uh, in spectacular condition. Great for spectators. Great for spectators, as we noted, walking. I mean, really, a lot of stadium seating, um, you know, and 
so many water hazards, which I think in match play is exciting. I mm-hmm. mean, right off the fir- right off the bat on the first. Now I know that's not usually the first hole, but right off the bat you have that tee shot. I mean, how many guys were going in the water, and and then if not going, right, you know, Matsuyama went so far right he went into a hazard on the, on the right. Road. Yeah, yeah so. Um, yeah, I thought it was kind of exciting. You know, you had uh, options for a couple short par fours, drivable par fours. Uh, you know, I-, I liked it. I thought it was good. I thought it was fun. I thought it was, I thought it had potential to have an incredible atmosphere, obviously being in the New York area. Unfortunately, it was such a blowout that mm-hmm. wasn't, but we were still kind of impressed on Sunday that walking around, there was a good number of people out there still. I, I, you know, I thought a lot of people might not go, but we also mentioned that the tickets were pricey. Pretty pricey. And you probably weren't. If you actually, bought one, you, you were going to show up. It was actually a good mix because I think when you think of New York golf, you think of Bethpage and you think of the right. rowdy crowds were at the 2002 and 2009 U.S. Open, whereas this was a little bit more of a, you know, what <laughs> I'm looking for, a little more aristocratic crowd, but with a yeah. little bit of rowdiness as well. It was actually yeah. the perfect mix for a golf tournament. So um, in that sense, I think they succeeded. It'll be really interesting to see what happens in 2024. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> page. Oh, my goodness. I'm actually uh, – I'm a little worried. It could, it could, yeah, it could yeah. be detrimental. If you thought Hazeltine was bad, this yeah. could be – And, and again, with, again, with this U.S. versus international team, for whatever reason, they're no not taking it seriously. Yeah. And no one – there's not the, the level of animosity towards – that we saw at Hazeltine – between the U.S. and Europe, a rivalry that's built up for so long and this and that and, you know, the prestige and the history of the tournament, Bethpage could be nuts. That being said, Wilsling Straits, Wisconsin by far has the nicest residence. Yeah, we're, they'll visit. Be, but they, they said that about Minnesota, too, and yeah. Hazeltine. Mi- Minnesota. No? Oh, you're yeah. going to take a shot at Minnesota? I was gonna, yeah, I'll, I'll say Joel is later. our resident Midwesterner, so if anybody knows, it'd be Joel. That I mean, yeah. you're, you're going to rank the uh, – how nice. I was about to go on a tangent, but I think <laughs> okay. well, yeah, it's a complete determination, not. not the week to get fired. All right. All right. Well, with that being said, we're going to – we'll try to be positive here. Yes, it's the first event of the PGA Tour season, 2017-2018. Um, it is the Safeway Open at Silverado, which we'll be hosting for, I believe, the fourth, fourth year, time. right? Yep. Uh, I know Johnny Miller had a hand in this uh, course. So I'm sure he'll be on hand. One of the few times he's positive throughout the year. Yeah, great. surprisingly, <laughs> yeah. Johnny. Um, and you know, not a great field, uh, but uh, still, we we got a tournament. We got a tournament to be played, and uh, we are gonna jump into our picks. Joel, I'll let you go first. Who you like? Well, this will maybe get you a little bit more upbeat. I'm going with Webb Simpson. My oh, first guy. here we go. So, we'll yeah, so Silverado, it's a short course, and even though it doesn't, either, or I should say, even though the fairways are really tight. The rough's not overly penal, so the really one defense it has on the property uh, is its kind of un- uncompromising greens. And Simpson, who really had a career revival last year, uh, I think he finished, I think, 17th um, in the FedEx Cup, and really just a strong end, four top 13s in his final five events. I think he should capitalize on that setup. Uh, ranked 21st in approach last year, and when he does miss a dance floor, he's really in good shape, ranks 14th in strokes gain around the green. Doesn't have the greatest track record here. Actually missed the cut in two appearances on this course, but I think the recent hot streak kind of overrides the past performances. I agree 100%. I really like that pick. Uh, Webb was playing great golf uh, the latter half of last year. Like you said, easily made it into the Tour Championship. I think a lot of people were probably like, wait, Webb Simpson's in the Tour Championship? But he made it in easily, had a nice run. You know, he doesn't he, – he didn't win any events. Um, obviously, he had a close call in Phoenix, but he – 
just solid top 20s, top 25, top 15s. man's Paul Casey. Yeah, sense, yeah, you know? yeah. Like, not necessarily competing for the W, right, but right. really good bet for a top 50. Yeah, ex- exactly. Or or even, you know, Cooch back back in his heyday. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I like the Simpsons pick. I'm going to go with the biggest name in the field. That is Phil Mickelson. I, I, you know, there aren't a lot of guys who played last week. He's one of them, uh, not including the guys, obviously, on the Web.com tour. I think we both might name a couple of those guys coming up but uh phil played at liberty national and he played great and you know it's actually kind of amazing that if you look since that infamous awkward press conference when he just threw tom watson under the bus right in front of everybody's eyes he didn't throw tom watson he ran him over and and backed it up and then and, and you know made sure everybody was watching and then did it again um since that time he is backed up his words incredibly 8-1-3 record in the Ryder Cup and the President's Cup since then. He's only won- lost one time since. Um, you know, and that's him playing in, in foursomes even this week. He won both times. And, you know, winning his singles matches and obviously last year's Ryder Cup making the 10 birdies in, uh, or sorry, Sergio. You no, know, he made the 10 birdies mm-hmm. against Sergio in the, in the half match. That was incredible. So, this guy's played his best in those events. He's backed up his words. And, and again, I just I really like how he played, um, you know, down stretch. Now, of course, he didn't make the tour championship, so he wasn't one of the, the better players throughout the season. That's something that Matt Kuchar really needled him at at the, the press conference afterwards, which was really funny. But, um, again, playing pretty solid. You know, had the one really nice finish in Boston that kind of locked up that uh, captain's pick, which, again, he totally deserved. He played great. Everybody loves him there. And um, I just think at first when I saw he was playing this week, I thought, wow, Amy really must want to go on a trip to Napa Valley for a few days. But, no, I, I think Phil is, is in it to win it. And um, I like that he finished eighth place last year as well. So I like Phil Mickelson. He, uh, this will be a very interesting year for him because, let's, let's be honest, 2017 was rough yeah. inside and out. You know, really struggled this game first half of the year and then had the very public discussion of his role in an insider trading scandal. Mm. Um and as well, let's be honest, the Bones breakup, I think, caught a yeah. lot of people off guard. So, uh, And he we, played poorly after that. Really poorly. Great. Yeah. Um, really looked bad at uh, Quail Hollow, mm-hmm. which I think really surprised. Now, that being said, it is a Ryder Cup year, and mm-hmm. you know, this. no offense to the President's Cup. If you think Phil likes playing the President's Cup, I mean, he lives for these type yep. of things. I think he wants to prove he has a lot of gas left in the tank. I think he wants to start making headlines in the right way and inside the rope. So this this next seven, eight months should be really interesting with Phil. And, you know, we talk about it with this wraparound schedule. You have a chance to get off to a huge start, not only towards the FedEx Cup, but towards making a Ryder Cup team. I mean, you know, Phil's playing this week. Nobody else is. He posts another top ten. That's, a, you know, a nice little jump start for him um, as he tries to make that team or, again, even just come close to making that team where he'll, get the captain's pick obviously deservedly so so you know it's a nice little week for him to kind of get a head start on everybody else and um I, yeah I, I agree with that um who's your number two guy next guy is ollie snyder johns who's coming off a really poor performance in the fedex cup he missed the first uh two events in the post or missed the cut in the first two events and then finished outside the top 60 in the no cut bmw personally i'm chalking that up to just hitting a rookie wall he had a really nice summer until that he came in second the Wyndham championship mm-hmm. That was his fifth top 10 and seventh top 25 of the season. Which, by the way, I mean, what a rookie class we just had. Yeah. I mean, Snyder Jones wasn't even the top five nope. finalist. You had guys like Xander, Patrick Cantley was technically a rookie. 
uh, Wes Bryant, Grayson Murray, um, oh, Mackenzie Hughes. I mean, yeah. man, what a feel. Like, it was like the 96 NBA draft for these guys. It's, golf has really set up well for the next couple of years. Uh, anyway, you know, Ollie struggled a little bit last year in Napa, but that, you know, with a relatively soft field and just kind of what we saw for him throughout the summer, I think he really warrants a spot on your roster this week. Yeah, and obviously he will probably be a keeper for our – Fancy team, right? Masters and none. The league, if the league comes Six, back, Mr. Shane if Ryan. If the league comes yeah. back, that's right. Shane Ryan d- ditching everybody. No, it got handed off to somebody else. I think it's coming back. Okay. Good but what what we picked him in what, the sixth round? Later than that. I really? think seventh or eighth. Yeah. All right. Well, then definitely. Be, well, we have some definitely big names a keeper. Yeah. yeah. But you mentioned all those other guys. A lot of guys are going to have good keepers because, yeah, a lot of breakout I think, stars. I think Rom was the ninth round pick. So that was. <sighs> yeah. Wow. A lot of breakout stars. Um, you know, Xander Shoffley, I mean, incredible run down the stretch. Um, what is he? Are you a big fan? I mean, you think he's uh, legit? I know we have uh, not to we, th- <laughs> Ryan Harrington, a uh, co worker, not, you know, not uh, as impressed with uh, Xander as everybody else. I uh, actually, I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. I yeah. think he's for real. I, you know, mentioned the Ryder Cup. As, as everyone's going through the team, it's like you heard Patrick Cantley's name a lot. I know he's kind of like the hot name people love to discuss. I think Xander's better than Cantley right now, the way he's played. I mean, put it this way, John Rahm, granted, Rahm wasn't a rookie this year, but, you know, 22 years old, Xander's 23. Xander actually played well at the majors, unlike Rahm. Mm. And, and not only wasn't Aaron Hills is what's coming on, in the, I think, T5, but he played yeah. really well at the Open Championship as well. Um, won Greenbrier, won the Tour Championship, and had a, a lot of good other performances sprinkled in. Really didn't make the, you know, didn't start really playing well until June. Um you know, it doesn't hit the ball quite as far as some of these other guys, but every other part of his game is is down pat, and he's a very athletic guy as well, which I think helps in some of these tournaments that are more grueling. Especially come if you look at his weekend scores, they actually go lower compared hmm. to most of everyone else. So, I, I I am all in on Xander. Wow, all in on Xander. I'm all in on the name as an Alexander. I kind of wish that had been my nickname. Will jealous if only for the X Man, which I think is yeah. like the de facto. If yeah, your, if your name begins with X, people just yeah. pop that out. Xander, though, cool name, and and you know pretty cool customer too very cool customer and not a lot of rookies even qualify for the tour championship and he was the first rookie to win the tour championship so obviously very impressive stuff by him Uh, my number two guy is kevin na um actually kind of had a quiet season for kevin na you know he's one of those guys who always has quiet seasons but they're good quiet seasons Mm -hmm. he actually finished i think around 75th in the fedex I i was surprised that he was that low because um, he actually had two top six finishes in his last four starts. Um, you know, very solid player, still hanging on with that one win back in Las Vegas a few years ago. Um, I think he gets a win this year, at least one. I think he even maybe a dark horse uh, U.S. guy for the Ryder Cup. Um, I just think he's a solid player, and he's played great at this course. Uh, seventh place last year, second place the year before. Um, so combine that with him kind of, you know, finishing that last season on an upswing. I like now. Uh, I'm with you. He, uh, the track record is just, it's hard to argue. Yeah. Let's, let's just hope, uh, he makes headlines other than complaining about the court major courses. But you year. know what? I, I love it when he does it too. I, he, it's funny. And, and I don't even know if he's being serious or not at this point because he, he, does, he does it over and over again. So, uh, we'll have to see what he has. In store, uh, what for Shinnecock next year? You might. Oh boy, that could be real. <laughs> Although let's be honest, if you 
people were okay ripping Aaron Hills this movie. You can't. There yeah, are a few courses that are beyond to, appro- reproach. So well, he might rip wrong. the wind. I mean, it's tough. <laughs> <laughs> tough to go after the wind. <laughs> put but, this course here. What yeah. <laughs> terrible looking. <laughs> All right, Joel, who's your third guy? Uh, third guy for me is Jamie Lovemark. It was extremely consistent last year. He had nine top 25s. Issues with the putter give me a little bit of pause, but he ranked 35th in strokes gained tee to green. I think that kind of alleviates a little bit of that worry. Given his reliability, he still has a very reasonable price tag in daily fantasy formats. Had a top 20 here last year. I think he tops that this week. All right. Uh, moving right along. Uh, again, a lot of these guys didn't play last week, except for the guys coming from the web.com tour. Um, and I'm going to take one of those guys, Sam Saunders. Obviously, the the Sam Saunders. Yes, Arnold Palmer's grandson, Sam really? Saunders. Yeah. Um, you may have heard he shot a 59 last week. It's his own home course and there's the web.com tour but still 59 59 and he actually had a chance to do back-to-back days i know you liked my johnny vandermeer back-to-back no hitters i did i totally jinxed him uh he ended up only shooting 66 that day but he he was what like eight under through 12 holes again or something crazy so he was just going off so again i just like that he played last week that he played really well he's got confidence he wrapped up his card again you know he's a guy who's been bouncing back and forth between the tours, but clearly a good enough player to stick on the PGA Tour, um, you know, when you can just drop back down the web.com playoffs and win an event, you know, that that's that's impressive. So, uh, you know, we saw a couple years ago, Emiliano Grillo won the web.com tour uh, championship and then went on and won this event in his first event as a rookie on tour. So, you know, there's definitely something to be said about the momentum carried over versus some of these other guys who've had a few weeks off so sam saunders there you go and carrying over the momentum my fourth pick is peter uline mm. you know we talked earlier about web experiencing a little bit of a career revival i mean what uline enjoyed i guess we can call it a rejuvenation really after injury submarine his last three years former number one amateur in the world really bounced back in a big way in 26 2017 excuse me um six worldwide top tens highlighted by a runner-up in france as well as the win in the uh, web.com tour finals a couple weeks ago this is a guy who just, it seems like year after year, we think he's just on the precipice of kind of breaking out. And I think now with his tour card in hand, I think he's finally finally set to take the tour by storm. Um, you just He's one of those guys who other players are an envy of, which is really saying something. Now, Grant, maybe that's an envy because his dad is, you know. <laughs> yeah. well, well, I guess dad just stepped down, I guess, of the title yeah. this past week. But, uh, you know, still 28 years old. Um, game just top to bottom, really solid. It uh, should be interesting. When we talked to him a couple weeks ago, he mentioned he's actually not going to play a full PGA Tour schedule. He still likes having that that dual status. So I think um, hmm. he really kind of needs to make a dent early on before he goes back over. I think he's actually from this event and then going back over the race to hmm. Dubai. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the schedule shapes up. But, you know, guys have done this successfully. Someone like Henrik Stenson plays both tours. Um, Rom's starting to dabble on that as well. Rory. Um, it can be done, and I think it actually gives you a little bit more of creativity in terms of making your schedule. So I think a lot of people are excited to see what Uline has in store for the next next year. Well, I'm glad you brought up that word, creativity, because my next guy is known as the artiste, Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, you know, a year ago, this guy was the can't-miss prospect, you know, can do no wrong. He's going to be the next American star. And he struggled a bit, let's be honest. But it was mostly putting. He was trying that ridiculous side saddle stuff for a bit. Um, Tinkered with that, tinkered with a few other things. Uh, Had a runner-up in Puerto Rico. We thought, okay, here he comes. But then he went on this miserable stretch of uh, seven straight missed cuts in the middle of the season. 
But then he got hot in the summer. He won his first uh, PGA Tour event at the John Deere. And, you know, had a respectable finish. Nothing crazy in the playoffs, but made the cut two out of three events. And, um, you know, his putting for the year was still pretty bad. It ranked 146th in strokes gained. But it was actually well up from the year before. So uh, I think he's finally settled on it. And it's pretty conventional stroke, really, um, that he'll, he'll go with. But I think he's finally settled on something. And, you know, with the ball striking that he that he possesses, Again, we talk about all these guys, young players for the U.S. who aren't even on these teams yet. Xander, um, Uline, you got to throw him at Cantley. You got to throw DeChambeau still in the mix um, after what he showed us when he was still an amateur playing at the Masters, playing at the U.S. Open at Oakmont. So I, I just think he's poised to really, this will really be his breakout season. I think he, he's going to still be back in the mix of these uh, big name young American towns. It's funny that. In one of my uh, recent travels, I'll say a person in the know got in my ear. We were talking about some of the young talent that under you know 25, 26 years old. And the guy was not someone known for hyperbole. Was very adamant that he thinks DeChambeau is good for two wins this year, mm, saying he's and not only the putter, but he said what's really if you look at the stats, they back it up. What's really hurt him is around the green. He's mm-hmm. really struggling around chipping. And I think a lot of it has to do with that kind of bizarre stroke he has. Yeah, it, the, yeah. I, think, I know the swing and the. The setup and the cerebral approach are what people like. The short game is, is an area that really didn't get much attention. I think he'd spent a lot of time the past two or three months, and starting to, you're starting to see the results. So, um, yeah, he hits the – we don't really think of him as a bomber, but he hits the ball just as long as most of these guys yep. out there. It's – for again, for a guy 16 months ago, we were saying the next big thing. He's taken a couple of bumps, but I think he's better off for it. I'm with you. DeChambeau, I think, in for big things. Yeah, and it's funny you mention that because uh, Silverado course, uh, I forget where it ranked exactly, but one of the easier courses on tour last year in terms of greens and regulation, um, narrow fairways, but the green, the guys were still able to find the greens, you know, not, not overly long approach shots and whatnot. I think they said uh, the average was somewhere around uh, 13 greens, uh, per round per player so to think about that. that was the field average so for a guy like DeChambeau you know you'd think he's going to hit a lot of greens this week it's not going to put as much stress on that short game on the putting and um, I think he'll get off to a great start here if he's going to win twice in the season one of the wraparound fall events would be a likely place to start let's just be, say yeah. with, with with the field that uh is assembled this which week. hey though i mean that, that's i mean certain guys have used this early huge I mean, yeah justin thomas last year yep justin Granted, thomas big, bigger events yep. than this but still in this this fall period you can really use this as a jump start as a platform for the rest of your year yep i mean bigger but and yeah we just used nah. bryson dechambeau and justin thomas yeah. in the same same sentence that's right that's right well and and then of course you know going back to the original wraparound year with jimmy walker when he mm-hmm. won all those times yeah. and everybody was like eh, yeah but it's jimmy walker oh whatever it, it was a major enough to, winner jimmy walker now. yep yeah. it got and it got that got him onto the uh rider cup really just getting those couple early wins um and then yeah he ended up being a rider cupper and and all this and he fell off a little last year. Obviously, he has his own problems with the Lyme disease. But uh, certainly, when you see a guy win in the fall, and you know, even Emiliano Grillo a couple of years ago, you think, eh, whatever, it's fine. No, you know, the guy's a good player. I mean, mm-hmm. he didn't play that great at Liberty National, but who did on the international team? So, all right, it all goes back to that. It all wraps around to the new season. Uh, thanks for listening. Good luck this season. We will, we will be with you uh, throughout, uh, giving – our picks and and thoughts on on what's going on on tour. So thanks for listening. Please subscribe to us on iTunes if you haven't done so already and check back next week.